0: Hot round, Red 7! Red 7! Red 7! Don. What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route! I don't. What is hot round?
1: Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Billy Bob! This is it! The man who got us here. You ready? You don't think that lame-ass play where I run downfield and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide-open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico.
0: Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch.
1: I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. Are you
0: gonna get me the ball? I hope you didn't kill somebody. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's gonna make the
1: difference between winning and losing. Yeah. Between living and dying. Yeah. I got a whole lot of money. Yummy for me. Bottle key, popping that water, man. No, It's a party, it's a
0: party, it's a party. This is 11 Personnel. Big week. Boom, boom, boom. Fortigators coming to town to take on your University of Kentucky Wildcats. But there's there's just so much happening. You've got a new quarterback. You've got a new pass rusher. You've got a good defensive line. You've got a good offensive line. There's tons of great matchups. But before we begin, Adam Luckett, I'd be remiss if I didn't start by crowning the 2019 Heisman Trophy winner, Joe Burrow. How about him? What a guy.
1: Joey football.
0: It's it's weird. They, they, LSU has a
1: quarterback. Yeah, it's kind of nice, ain't it?
0: I know. I mean, they, they've been trying to get one for I don't know.
1: Yeah, he's in the running for to be the September Heisman.
0: You know what? And that's when they give out the Heisman too. September. So, <laughs> if if anything, uh, that that's when the winners really rise to the top. But that was a. Uh, I, I like well, it. I was surprised at how boring Saturday slate was because on paper it was like, oh, this could be pretty good. And even though we, it was kind of nice to see what the score
1: was going on during the UK game,
0: mm-hmm. aside from that LSU game, not a
1: whole. lot. I mean, I guess we got we got another Tennessee melt, another yeah. Nebraska meltdown in Colorado.
0: Oh, you mean Scott Frost blew it? Yeah. What a shock! Oh, and then uh, our our good friends of, at Michigan.
1: Yeah, we almost got a big upset in the new in the new oh, slot.
0: Man. Army really – I really wanted it for him, man. But no. you just can't – you can't call a pass play in the red zone. Like, what are you doing? You can't call a pass play ever, let alone a Army red had zone. a
1: couple calls in that game. If they go the other way, they might have ran away with it. in Michigan just – the new offense looked pretty sluggish. And then you see that new, their new offensive card coordinator, Josh Gaddis, got into it with Alabama's old offensive coordinator, Michael Coxley, who's at Maryland now. Yep. And now his team through two games is leading – the country in scoring. They just dropped a 50 burger plus a baker's dozen on Syracuse last week. That's 63. Yes. <laughs> so now his team leads the country in scoring offense, and then you see Gaddis at Michigan. Uh, Shea Patterson struggling. They stink. They have. They're supposed to have a good old line, but they're they're not really running the ball in their first two games. Yeah. Defense is rebuilding a bit because they lost a lot off last year's defense. So they have a bye this week. Much Needed By, I would say. <laughs> then they the go Much to West, Needed
0: By after playing Army. And then
1: they go to Madison next week for a big game. So, may, maybe Harbaugh can get some things figured out. And they're, they're in a tough face. So, yeah, yeah. Last Saturday, it was a weird Saturday because the noon slate was mostly blowouts. Yeah, we had a couple
0: uh, redemption stories with Purdue and mm-hmm. Missouri.
1: Purdue ran away from Vanderbilt. Missouri was that game was over from the kickoff. Also, Vanderbilt, why are you taking out
0: Raleigh Neal? Like he's not bad. You you just suck at coaching mm-hmm. Derek Mason. Like get your players to not commit stupid penalties. The thing with the Vanderbilt
1: time. was in that game they couldn't eat the clock. They couldn't get really good the run, the run game ball at all. So they were getting big plays and really keeping up with Purdue from a first downs and yardage standpoint. But the they just didn't have the defense to stop Rondell Moore, and he had a huge game. Yeah, we've seen all the highlights. Mm-hmm. And then you moved the three thirty slot. Texas A and M, Clemson was just ho hum, killing.
0: Yeah. Jimbo just coming in with the backdoor cover. Yeah, That's Kellen, his favorite thing to do. Kellen
1: mine. sounded like he stunk up the
0: joint. Oh man, that fumble—he had one that was just really bad. He right. he
1: didn't he didn't play well at all. But Trevor Lawrence has—he just looked pedestrian through two games, as pedestrian as he can look. Right, because really really Joe Burrow is right. the Heisman Trophy right. winner. It's been other That's people, a fact. And then at the night, you know, you had LSU, Texas. Really, I think passing numbers was a big thing, what LSU did, but it, it was also a 1,000 degrees there. Defenders were dropping like flies there in the mm-hmm. second half. That's why I thought you saw so many teams – saw those two teams trading blows. Mm-hmm. Where in the first half, LSU's defense kind of owned the game. And LSU had a 27-half-time lead. But you got to give Burrow credit. It's third and 17. LSU easily could have been like, okay, let's run draw. Let's get our – let's try to flip the field, pin Texas back deep. They hadn't really stopped Texas that whole half. They'd call play Burrow delivers a dime to Justin Jefferson, touchdown, band plays, LSU, gets two 2-0. Well, that wasn't the nightcap, though. Yeah, and then we're getting to – It wasn't Pac-12 after dark. It Mm -hmm. was Pac-12
0: after – well, Pac-12 Sunday morning. (laughs) Pac-12 and eggs. Did you – I know the answer to this question, but did you stay up and watch all of Cal (laughs) State? Oh, man. As soon as I got home from Lexington. Cal Washington. It didn't start until – a, a lightning delay mm-hmm. made it start at ten thirty pacific time right. which is one thirty eastern mm-hmm. i got in that was about what time we left the clock. right right around 1 one thirty, mm-hmm. something like that so we got in just in time for like second half ish or
1: I, I, beginning it was like 10 minutes left in the third quarter I, was, I think when i walked in the door
0: yeah yeah and i i basically that was my soundtrack to snooze fest but i didn't expect to get an upset which, i didn't either which i guess that's what happens when you're playing a top 25 team on the road and all of their fans leave because it's a four-hour lightning delay.
1: Kind of uh, puts a damper on things mm-hmm. for the home field But the it's kind of Pac-12 situation with the playoff. Yeah, they're screwed. Oregon goes down week one. <laughs> Washington was the second team who had a very nice schedule. USC
0: and Utah, they're the last two now, standing.
1: Now you see USC and Utah as being the, the kind of undefeated teams carrying um, the water for the conference. No. Don't sleep on Mike Leach. He's got another really good offense. Yeah. But yeah.
0: Garner Minshew's uh Jacksonville Jaguars starting quarterback. Look at that. QB one, Jacksonville.
1: Yeah. AFC South, look out. <laughs> and then, of course, the other thing was Tennessee. Another uh, meltdown. Blew a double digit lead. Only scored one offensive touchdown in the whole in regulation. Jeremy Pruitt's five and nine. He's five and nine as a head bad. coach. That's... With some bad losses. Bad. And he's saying some stuff <laughs> that is not really making much sense. He's yeah. starting to seem like a guy that's kind of in over his head.
0: Oh, yeah. He was always in over his head when it came to the media. Like, mm-hmm. he, um, I, he he did that thing this year where he talked for 25 minutes or whatever in his opening speech at SEC Media Days because he just thinks it's hilarious to try to mess with the media. And it's just because he stinks at it. He's not good at it. When he does talk, he's, he compares his program to the Titanic sinking. So, that's, that's what you get with Jeremy Pruitt. You get a lot of losing, a lot of depressed Tennessee fans, and you hate to see it, a Lockett. You really do.
1: Yeah, they don't look good. No. Nope. And you look at his tenure as a whole, they've had they had two weird wins, Kentucky and Auburn last year, where they kind of rose up. hmm And one is a big as double-digit underdogs. But they've also had some games where they've just kind of, blah. Yep. You know, this to two this year. They had Missouri at home the week after they beat Kentucky. They drop an egg, lose by like 30-something points. Mm-hmm. They go to Vanderbilt the next week, lose by three touchdowns or something. And then – so they've had a lot of – they have Florida at home last year. Florida coming off that Kentucky loss. Kind of the boat shaking a little bit. And they go into Knoxville and just hammer Tennessee. So it's not looking good for him. No, not
0: looking good at all for Jamie Pruitt. Uh, it is looking good. Well, kind of good for the Kentucky Wildcats who beat Eastern Michigan. And this week, look at – I I wanted to try another segment because I forgot what I said last week. forgot what I predicted because so much things happen happening in this game. So, we're going to do the good, the bad, and the ugly. We're going to have to
1: start writing these down, Mr. Roush.
0: The good, the bad, and the ugly from Kentucky Eastern Michigan. Good. We got another Fetty whopping. 17-38. We did. Cats won. That's what's most important. Kentucky got the win. And I I think the bad is that it could have been the 50-burger that uh, the SP Plus called for. Easily. Yeah. You don't fumble it on the one-yard line. And you – I I do – Stenberg's hold, I'm not convinced, was a hold. That callback Cavassier smokes touchdown. But still, there's 14 points instead of three. Mm-hmm. So, you had 11 points to the board. You've got 49.
1: And, and if Chance poor hits a field goal, boom, 50-burger. And then if they don't have an unsportsman like on Cavassier, you don't have to kick a Chance Poore field goal. Which, by the way,
0: those had to be some – like it felt like the referees were just like – Trying to go out of their yeah, way they to were make doing, their presence felt. Like they they called that one on Calvin Taylor where the play had already moved on. And, like, they're jawing at each other, but he didn't, he didn't physically. Yeah, T.J. Carter.
1: It was T.J. Carter. Yeah,
0: yeah exactly. Yeah. Like they, It just it didn't. I don't know.
1: The thing I think a lot of it made had to do with the coin toss, the two teams getting into it. So, they
0: were trying to. It was almost like the ref calling a bunch of fouls right. like, ahead of time. Trying to,
1: you know, we're not letting this thing get out of hand. So, I think that might have had something to do with what seemed like a tight whistle, I guess you would say, in basketball terms, Mm -hmm. I guess, football field. Right. But, yeah, it's just self-inflicted wounds. I mean, it it even leaked into special teams. You had Bryce Oliver picking up uh, Matt Panton – or Matt Panton. Max Duffy. Max Duffy. I get the Australians mixed up.
0: I'm pretty sure his parents are in for this game this weekend because I saw uh, somebody at practice who was a guest who had Duffy on there. And it's like there's – I mean, it's got to be – Can't be be. too many Duffys (laughs) around these parts. Exactly, exactly. So, like, this is – this upcoming game, everybody's coming in right like all the the kids who are committed mm-hmm. I mean you know it's just going big show
1: mm-hmm. well back to my point, yes. Duffy was going to have a punt that was going to roll to the one-yard line. And for some reason, Oliver just scoops it up at like the 12. And it also – Then you had some breakdowns in zone coverage with Jamari Brown specifically. mm, They gave – one gave up a touchdown. It's old Chris Westry. Yeah, that's what I was going to compare him to (laughs) later on. It's the Chris Westry. When he's in man, he's all right. But when he gets in zone coverage, he just has some brain farts. And so, it was just issues like that that I think really – take Kentucky back. I think they really could have made a statement and put, picked up like a 55-10 to 10 type win. Right. And, and, and that's when you can be a
0: fringe – you can be more of a fringe-ranked team.
1: Well, for people, the eye test and just people that just look at scores. Yeah. National – from a national lens where they're taking in a lot of – Your people.
0: Brad Crawford's from 24-7. Right. His, have, his eye test. It would have been
1: like, oh, well, Kentucky – Kentucky only won by 21, but if you hang 50 – they won by, and they'll hold the other team to 10. That's, oh, they won by 40, so they, they might be better right, than I think.
0: And right. um, the ugly of the game, well, it's pretty simple. Terry Wilson finished for the season torn patellar tendon, mm-hmm. and it sucks. Now, we've reached Wednesday, so we're almost like the emotional it sucks part feels like it's almost gone, but uh, I I think what makes it hurt even more is we were starting to see the. Q, I mean, he got hurt in the Q run game, but he was starting to use it well. Mm-hmm. And you were getting to the point where you're like, man, Kentucky's offense is going to be really good when Florida comes to town, and it's 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 a firm gut punch, Adam. At, there's there's really no other way to put it.
1: Yeah, it just it's something you cannot really prepare yourself for. Right. You right. can get a backup quarterback. You could have this plan, but until that kind of Delivers, you're never really ready for it. So, mm-hmm. so good thing is Kentucky did get somebody with experience in this offseason. Yes, yes. But just for Terry, it felt bad for him. On Saturday, this passing numbers were pretty pedestrian, but he dealt with a lot of drops. A lot of drops. But you were also seeing there was another bad, mm-hmm.
0: just sloppy play from the mm-hmm. receivers. It, he was nine of twenty, and I bet four of them were
1: drops. Right after week one, where we didn't get hardly any Q run game, this week we were you were seeing some of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think they were going to kind of unleash it a little bit more for this week coming up. Or no, that's, that's, that's pretty much out of the picture now because while Sawyer Smith can keep the ball for like a five yard pickup, like he did in the game, he can occasionally keep right on a a zone read type thing. He's not going to be a guy that you really draw run plays for. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, but the good thing is, is he's knows how to run an RPO. Right. Um, and he'll bust you if you don't honor him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's he, he he's not as uh, shifty back there. Like that play that Terry made last year against Florida on third and long, back to an old goal line. And he kind of did the deep bounce and then cut across half the field and got like 20 yards. Like mm-hmm. that's that's not a Sergeant Smith play. Only Terry Wilson can make that play. Right. And – that's a big reason why Kentucky was able to win last year against Florida. Oh, he, that he
1: had his best game of his career so far was against Florida last year in the Swamp.
0: Well, and, and on top of all of that, Kentucky was really good on third down. Um, I had the stat. I think it was like 10 of 12 or 10 mm-hmm. of 13. But and, and that's probably Sawyer's greatest weakness is that intermediate passing game and getting in the third and long situations. Um, we can get into that later. Right. But I, th- I think just from a – for me, just on paper, you look at Sawyer Smith and say, "Hey, this is about as good of a backup you could ask for to come in and have to lead the team right now."
1: Right. I mean, short from maybe having kind of a a top 100, 150 freshman that's probably going to be your guy next year. Right. You like throw if, out there.
0: Yeah, like if it was Bo Allen's red shirt, like if if he was a red shirt freshman, right? He was going to be a red, or if Jaron Williams was mm-hmm. a red shirt freshman coming in. Short yeah. of that.
1: This is about as good as you can ask for, for Kentucky is to have somebody with some experience. I like what Eddie Grant said about how they thought they were going to have to shrink the playbook for him when mm-hmm. Sawyer Smith got here, and they really haven't had to do that. Yeah. He's kind of taking it all in. It's kind of a lot, a lot of stuff that Kentucky's running is kind of the same stuff he ran at Troy. Right. So he's play. Um, he's played a lot. Some. Some football. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say a lot of football, but he's got some starts under his belt. Yeah,
0: he played for half a season. Right. And then he was used in. I mean, the changeup duty that he got through the first half of last season was more reps than Gunnar Hoeksaw.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, and I think he's been well coached. I'm really high on Neil Brown and what he does offensively. I
0: mean, have you seen the numbers that he did with the talent in his first two years at Kentucky? Right. Yeah. Right. They were not good, and they found a way to still score some points.
1: So for him this next week, I think you're going to see, and I think you talked about this in your film review this week on KentuckySportsRadio.com. He can throw the deep ball. He can really stretch the field. He's got a big arm. He's got kind of a gunslinger mentality. Mm-hmm. If he sees a one-on-one in a 50-50 ball situation, he's going to throw it up and say, go, uh, trust his guy to say, hey, go make a play. And he delivers those balls with accuracy. And that
0: was in your inside the play this week. because It was. Uh, I, that's one screenshot does a good view because you see the open guy on the stick. But he's like, wait, I've got single coverage and a 6'7 receiver. I'm right. throwing it to the 6'7 guy. Right.
1: He did. He had Bowden open, but it was going to have to be a ball that was delivered a little bit low and accurately. And mm-hmm. that's something that – that's my question with Smith is can he – will he pull the trigger on some of those throws? Because he's going to have to pull it on third downs mm-hmm. this week. Will he be able to pull it? But he is a guy that's going to bring some – Deep ball passing. Terry Wilson has struggled Mm -hmm. throwing the deep ball. And Sawyer Smith threw the two best fades Kentucky has seen since Andre Woodson was on campus, I think. Ooh. In that first game. And that's the strength of his game, is throwing that fade ball. We really haven't seen it. I I think that was something Patrick Toll struggled with. You really didn't see it with Steven Johnson. But he at his time, he didn't really have the receivers to run it with. And so I think that's going to be a part of the offense we really haven't seen in the last few years, and I think we're going to see that that fade. I think you're going to see the deep post. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, that's Eddie Grant's favorite deep ball, man, and we man. just haven't they haven't hit on it since 2016, really.
0: And, and the thing was is it was there a couple times between Terry and Josh Ali, mm-hmm. but they would just always get be off. One would be running it flat. One would be running Is they just were miscommunicating. So, hopefully they got in enough extra reps this week right. where
1: – Now, Smith threw one in the game to Demarcus Harris. Mm-hmm. It was well covered, and he – I don't know if he just lost it or he potentially threw it deeper. You
0: know what I think it was? What? I think what I like most about this guy is like, nothing's going right. Let me just chuck it deep, give it Mm a try. And I think he just put way too much sauce on it. Right. That was his first deep ball. And if he's going to make mistakes, dude, make them overthrowing Mm -hmm. people. Do not underthrow. And then he made
1: a good read. They had a little screen set up. Eastern Michigan blew it up. Yeah, real quickly. He gave one pump, and he said nothing's there. Looked. There was no, like, real room to run. He and then threw it out of bounds. Just chucked it into the stands. Yeah. So, I, that was good to see. Um, on film, when I broke it down, there's times where he's missing guys to his right. I think a lot of it is, he like, those short intermediate throws, I think those kind of get away from him. So, I think that's something, like, he's going to have to work on and just letting it go. Mm-hmm. But I think you're going to see Kentucky take more shots downfield. You saw some of it last week. They mm-hmm. threw the Bowden on a deep post and the end zone missed it. Mm-hmm. The one to Marcus Harris, like I talked about. They tried to get Ali going deep. They just It just hasn't really worked yet. No, no. So, we'll see. I think going against some freshmen this week for Florida and some freshmen that weren't necessarily your all-star Expecting type to recruits. Play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to have some chances. But when we get to the good, bad, and ugly, Nick, I guess what was your – Big big standouts. What was your good thing? What was your bad thing? And what was your ugly thing?
0: That's what they were. It was Fetty Whoppin. Fetty Wappin. But the bad was they didn't get a 50-burger. Right. And, the, oh, it was Terry Wilson's injury. Now, I, I would like to add that another good is
1: actually another bad. It was just the receiver. I, I thought the receivers read their headlines. Right. From they, they read Yeah, the, mine right. was drops, just receivers and drops. Yeah. It was a bad. First good thing was, I thought, the hot start. Getting off to a fast start on offense. Mm-hmm. First drive, they move it all the way down the field. Lynn Bolden fumble, which cannot happen. Lynn Bolden's gotta play better than he's played these first two yeah. weeks. He he
0: also was doing the thing where every single play he was trying to dance around and go for fifty yards mm-hmm. like, instead yeah. of just getting like six extra yards. Yeah. Instead and, of
1: turning it up and just taking it to the sideline and yeah. taking what you can get. Yeah. And then that was that. And then I think another good thing was they moved the chains on offense for third down, like you talked about. And we're getting ahead of the chains. So OL mm-hmm. dominated. Bad were the drops. And the offensive line was really good, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah
1: they, they basically
0: got every kind of recognition you could mm-hmm. get.
1: It's a, good, it's a coming out party opportunity for that OL this week. Yes. And then bad second half pass rush, I think, kind of struggled because Eastern Michigan said the hell with the run. They threw it 50-something times. And they threw just the underneath throws. Yeah, well, it's the thing, it was a dink and dunk so offense. So annoying. Totally. So that's why it's annoying to watch, but then when you take a step back and look at the game, you're kind of like, well, you had a lead. Right. If you didn't want to give a big play, let them try to dink and dunk down the field. Exactly, because if,
0: if, to stop it, you need to be aggressive, but you don't need to be aggressive when you're up that many points. Right. So you just kind of hope that they make a
1: mistake. Right, And then, but they had some zone coverage busts that allowed them to have some big plays, yep. and that's something that must be fixed up. Yep.
0: Um, and ugly. Then, it was your ugly Terry. It was just Terry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he – You can't.
1: Penalties, I think you could throw in there. Yeah, yeah, we can throw that
0: in there. But I, I want to move on to Florida, but first – we were lucky that – because the matchup's first four are really good. That's going to be – Oh, it's awesome. Fun. But Xavier Peters is coming back, mm-hmm. and we were lucky that we weren't recording as that happened last night. He's cleared to play. How many sacks is he going to get look, at Saturday? Three, <laughs> five, or seven?
1: I would set the under – well, I would set the total at a half. What yeah, are you taking? yeah, that's it's the half. Um,
0: but you know what, though? I, I think he actually could get one because here's the thing. He is too talented to just be completely put on the sideline. I think he's going right. to play some, um, but it'll only be in those shot situations. He has all the athleticism in the world, but Josh pascal has been doing this for a while. People forget that he's a redshirt freshman, and it's, it is easy to forget that because when you look at him, mm-hmm. he's 6'4", 240, and runs a, mm-hmm. or a 4'4", 4'5", 40. Mm-hmm. Very, very incredible athlete. Um so, uh, I'm – it's one of those things where you just got to tip your cap and be like, mm-hmm. this guy can be a guy, a dude in the future. But as for now, we're just glad that we have some depth because they were just uh, – look,
1: Now you're deep at that outside linebacker yeah, spot. Now it, Jared Casey's definitely red J. Yes. J.J. Weaver's definitely red Which is great news right.
0: because that's a luxury Josh Allen didn't have. Mm-hmm. So, th- great news, but – I still only think they're going to use him every once in a while on third mm-hmm.
1: down. Yeah, I think he's going to be a situational pass rusher, I think, on Saturday. About eight snaps is probably what to expect yeah. at max.
0: And the thing is, too, is Jordan Wright's been playing well.
1: Right, he So has. you don't want to lie. But at the same time, I think we'd be lying to ourselves from an edge spot, out that outside pass rush. Boogie's gotten in there a few times, but they're really needing – Yeah, because that's not that's really just not Pascal's game. No, yeah, he doesn't have
0: the same explosion that Peters has.
1: Well, they're moving him inside on obvious passing downs too in that magic package, like we talked about. So they're they're putting right out there some, and it's just I think that's where Peters can really make. Ooh,
0: and on top of Peters, people forget that Josh Phil Hoskins missed the first two games, Mm -hmm. and that's his strength is rushing the passer out of that three tech. So. Add him to the mix. Because right now, they, Kentucky's had six sacks through two games. That's solid. That's a yeah, very solid is. number. But it's come through seven guys. Mm-hmm. So you haven't – I know they wanted to see things kind of spread out. But it would be nice if you could have one guy that the quarterback has to keep an eye
1: on. Boogie's going to get there. It's just he's getting there and he's getting close. He just hasn't got the sack. But I think if you looked up, you know, just total pressures, QB hurries, he's he's going to be up there, right, mm-hmm. like probably leading the team. But with Peters, what it also does for the defense is from a talent perspective, now Kentucky's going to have six per the composite. So the composite takes three different recruiting sites and ranks players, averaging out those recruiting rankings. Right. So they're going to have six composite blue chips just in the defensive rotation, blue chip recruits. So you're talking Pascal, Xavier Peters, Marquand McCall, Mm -hmm. Cash Daniel, Yusuf Corker. And there's one I'm missing. Jordan Griffin. It's not Jordan Griffin. He wasn't composite. He was high three. He was, almost, he was borderline. Like him and DeAndre Square were right on like, the edge. edge. And there's one. I can't think of it right now. But either way. Either way, it doesn't matter. Oates, are you going to count on Yeah, Oates. Because he's in the rotation. That's the other one. So you got... They're building something for the defense. That's what we've talked about for next year. Mm-hmm. We think that defense is going to be really good because of all that talent. Well, this year you're starting to see some of it.
0: One guy you mentioned right there, we saw some bully action on Saturday. We did. Yeah, like, I like because I think he can be really good. You just wonder like right. how much he can play, and he was he made like one of his tackles was downfield. So like mm-hmm. I that's why he's a, a boot chip, as and, you said. Like right,
1: he's and, he's an athlete, and not just that. We're seeing. Mark Stoops and Brad White being really headstrong on playing their twos, mm-hmm. oh, and they man. gave up the twos <laughs> gave up a lot of yards. <laughs> they gave up a bad
0: touchdown. Right, MJ, poor guy. He he had a freshman moment if mm-hmm. I've ever seen one, where he just
1: he just got beat. Yeah, he got beat, and the guy made a really good play too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you saw Davion Hawkins in there. In mm-hmm. Second game in a row, we've seen a Abade Fitzgerald. Yep. You saw Stanley Garner play some. you never thought of yeah. it too. Yeah, Conray Mosley Moses Douglas got mm-hmm. out there. So a lot and then they almost gave up that backdoor touchdown because of the twos yeah. strictly in. Yeah. And then one of the touchdown drives was just all twos out there. Right. So but that's I think they're really set on keeping that defensive line fresh. And now you got Pascal with fresh legs coming in for this game. Should maybe be should be able to make a big impact. And against one of the Florida's biggest, you know, weaknesses might be that O L is running bodies at them. Let's this, let's this get week. to
0: that because I, I, like, I get excited when I'm talking about offensive line and defensive line, just going at it. And what's really just – it's so refreshing because for years and years you talk about the talent disparities between uh, Kentucky and Florida. And here here's the thing. like, We're not going to – Kentucky's not going to go down there and out-athlete the University of Florida. They're the Gators. They're going to get the athletes in the Sunshine State that they want to get. But they can just molly-wop their ass, and I love it so much that Jonathan Grenard decided to talk trash on Twitter. I absolutely love it because here is the thing: he actually had a pretty decent game the last time they played He's Kentucky. He's really good this year. Who who didn't have a, a, a good game that time? That last time, Kentucky had to face Lamar Jackson. I think he had a sack, two tackles for loss, so like five tackles. Missed set out all of last season. Grad transfers to Florida and. After he said that, I, you know, asked Landon the other day. I was like, "Yeah, they got some pretty good numbers." And he's like, "Well, I don't care about stats. I ain't gonna have those stats against me." Mm-hmm. This is my paraphrase version, but it's not very different.
1: And the, you just threw that bait out there, just oh, hoping Landon would bite on it. Oh, he, he didn't chomp on it, but he took a good oh, bite nibbled, at it. He you know? nibbled.
0: Yeah, he nibbled on it. He pulled at the line a little bit, but I, I think it's Florida's great. Their numbers are great, but you know what? Miami sucks. Their offensive line is. Mm, Walking garbage.
1: It's going to, for both sides, it's going to be the first real test, I think, for Kentucky's offensive line. It's going to be the first real test for Florida's defensive front.
0: Yes. And so it's going to be Grenard. Iron sharpens iron. And Zaniga. And on top of that, Grantham, he just throws everything at you. And there was a great quote that uh, a guy who used to write for KSR, John Shetty, shared from uh, Spencer Hall that Todd Grantham runs the frustrated Madden defense where he's just mashing blitz every single play and you mm-hmm. don't know where it's coming from
1: but there's something important we need to remember yes with this defense comes islands for your secondary players yes what grantham had in the first two weeks was a benefit of hey that number one i got back there he's a first round draft pick cj 100%. he can cover anybody mm-hmm. so to hell with it i don't care so that lays me to play with numbers in the box this week you're going to play with some true freshmen. I think Jaden Hill is going to get the start for Florida. He was uh not a huge, he was a big recruit but not a you know, ginormous recruit. Yeah.
0: I mean he's three, four star, true freshman, correct? Right. About one Mm-hmm.
1: And only six foot tall. And then yeah. Chester Kimbrough was a three star that's also going to play at that spot to replace to replace CJ Henderson. So what does Thompson do? Does he put those guys on islands? Marco Wilson, on the other side, was a highly rated, highly rated recruit, but he's coming off a bad ACL injury and hasn't looked himself yet. And I've just looked up Jaden Hill. He was a high three-star recruit out yeah. of Alabama. Yeah. So, like yeah. – and then backing him up, is another true freshman, Kair Elam, who was the highest rated recruit now that uh, the original highest rated recruit left it for left USC. because
0: of the uh, – Who was a cornerback Room in with the sexual assault guy. Yeah, yeah. who would be playing. right.
1: For but, but Dan Mullen mismanaged his situation. Right. So, so thanks for mismanaging, mm-hmm. Dan
0: Mullen. Because right now, they, they are in a pinch. We I mean, we mentioned it in, the, in one of our first podcasts how they're really thin in the secondary. Uh-huh. I mean, in, is Trey
1: Dean a true freshman too? He's a true sophomore. They played last sophomore. season.
0: Okay, he played last year. Now, he's good. He needs right. a safety. He's a stud.
1: Right, he plays their nickel spot. They're, they call it the star position. So mm-hmm. they'll be he'll be lined up all over the place. He, he's going to be the guy in the slot that's probably going to be on Bowden. Right, of the game. Right. So you're going to see those two trading number 21 against Bowden, mm-hmm. going up a lot.
0: On the flip side, they've got another injury to their one Bowden, their version mm-hmm. of Len Bowden, Kadarius Tony, Didn't have the most receptions uh, entering this game this season, but also uh, I think he had like a handful, like the third most leading rushes too. I think mm-hmm. he had like 10 like, carries. He's so a far.
1: Swiss Army knife on offense. They just used him all over the place. He did their
0: wildcat a lot last year. I don't know. I hadn't seen how much he had actually done this year. And also war number one. Um, but Tony's listed as doubtful. Um, So, if he does play – Well, Tony's
1: out. Henderson's doubtful.
0: Oh, okay. I'm so dyslexic on that all week. I've been getting that mixed up. Henderson
1: has an ankle sprain. He's doubtful. He was on a boot and crutches after the game. That's pretty bad. Dan Mullen came out this week and said he wants to play, but if he's not 100%, he's not playing. Hmm. So, that sounded like – Take it for what you would. I don't think that – now, we'll see. But I don't think he's going to play. Tony – hurt his arm. I think the thought is he might have broke it. Yeah. But he's out. For, I mean, he's out. Definitely, He's out yeah. for the next month at least. Right. At bare minimum. So, but with Tony, he's their just kind of Swiss Army knife. He's an athlete, played quarterback in high school. He's still learning how to play the receiver position. Glenn so, Bowden. Right. So they put him <laughs> in different ways to try to get him the football. But when it comes to their receiver spot, this Florida roster has, it's not your typical Florida roster when you look at it because, by me looking, I haven't been able to find a five-star, composite five-star that's playing for them yet. Maybe mm. it's on the roster. Mm. Maybe it's a guy that's not really contributing. But it's not that kind of – but you have a lot of four-star guys sprinkled in a lot of high three-star guys sprinkled in. But at the receiver position, it's all blue-chip recruits. You have two transfers, Ole Miss is Van – Ole Miss Van Jefferson, who played against Kentucky in 2017 when Ole Miss – one on that last second, DK Metcalf yeah. touchdown. I think
0: he actually had better stats yeah. than Metcalf, but Metcalf had two huge yeah. touchdowns.
1: Yeah, but Van Jefferson scored the first touchdown of that game. Mm-hmm. So he's he's one of their he's their top target, but he's he's been really inefficient at Florida. But he yeah
0: he wasn't he, as good as last year as I thought he would be. But he
1: can catch. He's kind of a guy that they'll throw deep to. Yeah. Then their other top transfer was a guy named Trayvon Grimes, who played at, or went to Ohio State, didn't play, but he comes off the bench. He's kind of Jefferson's backup. And then on the slide is where you thought you would see Tony is a guy named Josh Hammond who caught that big pass against Miami on yeah. that deep ball. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of their most reliable receiver, number 10. Mm-hmm. He's the guy that if Franks has a third and nine, they're like, okay, we're in trouble. Let me find number 10 and throw him the ball. So that's going to be a guy that they're that Florida wants to get matched up on Kentucky's nickel. And I think that's going to be a major advantage for Florida. How, in Slowing down him, I think, is going to be a big thing for Kentucky, and just but in general, this is a talented pass catching group. Freddie Swain's still there, and Freddie Swain's still there, and he's <laughs> he comes off he's he's kind of Hammond's backup, so he'll be the fourth receiver. Yeah.
0: He was uh, he was slot. the guy who caught the touchdown last time that beat the Cats at the Crow. Right, and
1: Tyree Cleveland is another one that caught one of those touchdowns. Oh God! And he's there on the outside, but he's I think he was the highest rated recruit of the bunch, but he just kind of been. Kind of blah, kind of, but he's a really good special teams player. You're you, going to see 89 on special teams making some plays. You
0: didn't mention their leading pass catcher, though, who has the most receptions this year.
1: Is that Lamichael Perrine yeah, running it's
0: back? Lamichael Perrine, who or I'm just going to say P. P. Ryan, P. Ryan, that's because it it's a little bit more southern. Well, Michael P. Ryan, um, well, Michael P. Ryan was second team all SEC selection, really good athlete who really hasn't done much this year because Florida really hasn't been able to run the ball well, which Kind of a surprise, but when you look at what they did last year, they didn't run the ball very well last year when they still had Jordan Scarlett. And I don't know if this mm-hmm. – I'm guessing – Well, this they is, had
1: a – last year, you have to remember, they had a really balanced approach because they were running through Jordan Scarlett, P. run.
0: Well, but uh, just in general. Deion
1: Pierce. They, I Damian felt Pierce. like they
0: relied on Felipe Franks a lot. Like, mm-hmm. when, when it gets close, Dan Mullen just leans on his quarterbacks heavily. Now, I, I did see that in the carries. They actually did have one more carry than pass attempts in that Miami game. They only ran like fifty five plays. Yeah. What the hell? Mm-hmm. That's I I mean, we were drinking and carrying on at KS Bar, but I guess I didn't realize how they few t- plays that snaps they actually ran. They got out gained in that game right. too.
1: They were able to create some big plays. You saw that play to Tony. Yep. And then that big throw to Hammond when they get down in the fourth quarter. Miami has them backed up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Franks makes a big throw. Hammond makes a big catch. But yeah, they're they're struggling to run the ball, and a lot of that is that new offensive line. Off of last year's offensive line, they lost a first round pick. They lost 139.
0: Mart- Martez who'd well, been
1: yeah, Martez Avi, Jawan Taylor was a first round pick. Oh, and then Martez Avi, who had started forever, was their left tackle. He got he he'd, was like a second or third round pick. He'd
0: been there three years, right? I think right. Taylor actually was their second round pick for the Jags, right? I think, it, but either way, if sands or butts, they lost their studs that right. had been playing there for a long right. time. Right, and
1: that was a team that was very offensively were offensive line heavy last year. They mm-hmm. they leaned on that offensive line to do it a lot. Now they're now that you see they're trying to find the guys next. They got another transfer starter at tackle, a guy from Texas. They played Texas. His first name's uh, Gene DeLance, I think is his name. He plays the left tackle spot, I believe. And then they got some young guys in there. And then at center, Nick Buchanan was a low three-star recruit. He was their only returning starter from last year. So they're just, mm. they just haven't really found the mix yet. And it's a group that I think Kentucky is going to have a, a, a chance to take advantage of. Up front. It's a big game for Quentin Bohanna, who played yes. really well last week. Big game for Calvin Taylor, who played better last week, but I still don't think he's playing up yet to his it. potential. Yep. And then T.J. Carter, who we've seen some stuff from. And let's see that, that camp star, you know, really live up to that hype on Saturday. Right, right. Those three guys are going to have a chance, and then we'll, we're going to see Phil Hoskins. We're going to see that depth. Can they take advantage of Florida, and can they make Franks nervous? Because what yeah, Mullen oh, wants, yeah. Mullen has been ultra-conservative – this year, I think, because of that offensive line, because Franks can be so fragile.
0: They were 2 of 10 on third-down conversions against Miami. And I know I'm taking on most of my stuff from that Miami game because that's their only real quality opponent they played. Last week was an FCS team. And Last week they, they were slow out the gate. I think it was, what, 14-7? to mm-hmm. Yeah, at halftime. and then they, Something like that, and yeah. And then they blew it open. But Felipe Franks is a, a man who stares in the camera and says, I do this, and then goes and throws a terrible interception. He is uh, – the word you've used is perfect. Fragile Felipe Frakes. That's right. what we're going to call him. Fragile Felipe. Mm-hmm. And Fragile Felipe does not handle pressure well. Uh, you saw that last year when Josh Allen was in his face all the time. He actually – I think he moves around better than what Mullen will do with him. But uh, – if you can put pressure on Franks, he's going to make mistakes. There's no doubt about it, and we saw last week that even though Kentucky's secondary will make mistakes, they're least opportunistic. when the plays when right. there's, when opportunities present themselves, both both gimme interceptions mm-hmm. they took advantage of.
1: The one thing I will give Franks is in two games, Florida has took two deep shots or hit on two deep shots, so that's something. To worry about, and it's been the two different receivers—one with Josh Hammond, and then last week Devan Jefferson. So that's something. Don't get burned on a big play; make them earn their yards. And he's completing a high percentage, but mullen has been conservative. <laughs> yeah. He what and he did the same thing last it's year. A Twenty-seven or twenty-nine last week. Right, or right. Stupid he's, like com- that. Yeah. he's completing like eighty percent of his passes, averaging nine something yards per attempt. I think we got it pulled up right here.
0: Yeah, he's a uh, seventy-seven point eight percent, and yep. I
1: th- and last week was. 26-28. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which- he's throwing out 27 passes in the first two games. So uh, that seemed, Especially against the team last week, is kind of a lot that they didn't just kind of throw it 20 times and just hammer the run game. Coast out. Yeah. Right. So so he's playing better, but Mullen's been conservative. You're seeing a lot of screens. You're seeing a lot of easy throws for Franks, and then they try to set something up. Can Kentucky kind of force their hand? Can they get them in situations where Franks has to – make a big throw, make some reads, make some progressions. I think that's a real key to the game. But really, it starts up front. Kentucky's got to win that battle. If they win that battle, they're going to have a great shot at success on Saturday. That's
0: how Kentucky won last year. Kentucky Mm -hmm. on the offensive side of the ball, 303 rushing yards. Um, They got up in Frank's face. I mean, for Christ's sakes, the game ended with a Josh Allen strip sack and a touchdown. So, this gets into the meat and potatoes of the game because – Odd enough as it is, there's not a whole lot of, like, man, they've got this guy that you – you know, I remember, like, Vernon Hargraves. Like, it was just like, man, they they don't have, like, a dude that you're just like, they got
1: scared. Every year, I feel like since Stoops has been here, there's been Kentucky's receivers versus Florida's corners. It's always been, God, there's such a big advantage to Florida. Yeah. Like, in 2015, when Kentucky had some momentum, Florida came in here with really – you know, not a very good team. They only scored fourteen points to one. Kentucky just could not do anything in the passing game. No. Some not of at it was all. quarterback but play, but a lot of it was they just could not get open against Vernon Hargraves, against Quincy Quincy Wilson. This Keanu Neal who's balling out for the Falcons was also on the defense. This year, with Henderson out, you go into the game thinking Kentucky's receivers have the advantage.
0: Pretty wild times.
1: Yeah. So can Sawyer Smith take advantage of what seems like, you know, a major advantage? Mm -hmm. Because on Bowden, they're going to have – in Kentucky's offense, they lined Wagner up at the Z, Mm -hmm. and that's in the boundary, and that's where Quincy Wilson, their most experienced quarter, he's going to be on Wagner most of the night. That leaves – Lynn Bowden's going to have some freshmen on him for a lot of the night. If not, it's going to be Trey Dean.
0: And that that it way sets you up can, for like a coming can, out
1: party for Lim Bowden.
0: And if Trey Dean's on him too, you can that also should help the run game because they're going to have to pay attention to to Bowden. You can use Bowden as a distraction in that sense. Basically, take him out of the play, take their best def- secondary def- defensive back out of the play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, but before I circle back around to to Sawyer Smith, if Kentucky. Kentucky should be able to. I mean, David Reese is a very talented middle mm-hmm. linebacker. That was a huge omission from the game last year. He yeah, did not he, he did not play, and I think it was a big reason why Kentucky was able to rack up three hundred yards rushing. But Kentucky also didn't have Smoke and Rose providing explosive plays. Kavasi Smoke is going to be. It was a Terry Wilson
1: surfer. who provided the big ground yes. plays. Cavazia
0: Smoke is going to be a superstar, though. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm already convincing the folks at the bar people, to get Cavassier pe- shot specials. Ready. People
1: here know, but it could be kind of because a, a lot of people are going to be watching this game it'll on go, Saturday. It will go
0: viral. And yeah. that, that, that is what's crazy. This is probably the best game of the weekend. Syracuse mm-hmm. stinks.
1: In yeah. that time slot, in the night game, That's most people are going to be having an aisle. Maybe it's not your main screen at home, but it's channel number two or you're flipping or it's on your second TV right, for right. most of the country this game.
0: Now, okay, I, I wanted to present uh, one of Well, while, while we're on the Battle of the Trenches, I'll just get right to it. So, Sawyer Smith, a big – I think the biggest worry that I have for him where he can get help from the offensive line is third and long situations. Terry Wilson, that was his greatest improvement from one season to the next. Is on third and ten, you felt like Kentucky still had a chance to make a play because he was getting to his second and third reads and he
1: was hanging in the pocket, he was moving around in the pocket showing mo- pocket mobility. Yes, and he, he wasn't scared usher. to throw he it th- across the middle of the field. Was delivering lasers across accurate passes across the middle to move the chains. Those are tough something. throws. Sawyer, can he cuz that's my biggest thing with him in this game. One, can he protect the football? Two, can he move the chains on offense? Mm-hmm. Can he convert a 3rd and 5? Can he hit can he hit a short and intermediate pass? Can he consistently do that? To keep the defense on the sideline, to let that offensive line wear out that defensive front because Zaniga and Greenard are pros on the outside, but on the interior, I think Kentucky has a big advantage.
0: Which they need to take advantage of in the run game mm-hmm. on early downs because right. so you can do a lot third and four, third and five. Third and 10, that's a complete different story. And on top of the third and 10 being a kind of a concern for Smith. Pass going will be a lot harder because Grantham, he's not going to give a damn. He's just going to bring the house.
1: Well. Because that, that's what you – What happens though, first pl- or first series, he brings the house and we throw oh. – or Kentucky throws a –
0: Pops on the Bowden.
1: Pops on the Bowden or just throws one up to Wagner. Yeah. Wagner throws off Quincy Wilson and goes to the house. <laughs> Those blitzes could come. Yeah. So, I'm interested to see how that dynamic plays out because cause what was your biggest takeaway from that piece you wrote this week, the Grand versus Grantham? Kind of match up,
0: if if you can actually get to the quarterback, then it's worth it. Like mm-hmm. the, that, the all of the other numbers follow how well they got after the quarterback, right? And every other, I mean, I don't let me let me. I got I got them pulled up here. Well, the page just crashed, but I'm pretty sure that I don't think Wilson took. Let me see right here. Yeah, so that. In the two wins that he has, the, yeah. I mean, two of the biggest wins in program history—the Lamar Jackson upset Todd Grantham, third and Grantham at Louisville—and then last year they had zero sacks, yeah, and seven total tackles for loss. Mm-hmm. The game they lost at Mississippi State, uh, Mississippi State had seven ta- tackles and for loss pick in that six. game, yeah, and three sacks. So
1: it, just yards per play, 2016 against Louisville, Kentucky had 8.1 yards per play. Mississippi State, 4.4 yards per play in the blowout last year 8 yards per play. It and like it's like Eddie Grant said this week, first down efficiency. Said it's the ahead ticket. Of, staying ahead of the chains. If we stay ahead of the chains, there's going to be a chance for big plays because Big dude on across the sideline is going to take a lot of chances.
0: Oh, and he, he has the – I also found the most perfect Todd Grantham picture for that post too. Just him pissed mm-hmm. off. He's, yeah. He just always is mad. He probably he didn't
1: look, have to look far to find a mad oh, Todd Grantham no, no, picture. no, no,
0: That's why him and Bobby Petrino were so perfect for each other because mm-hmm. they're just so – just the angriest people ever. That whole – people say that Bobby was only successful because of Lamar. The big reason why he stunk afterwards is because him and Todd Grantham just couldn't get along because mm-hmm. they just hated each other. That's just hilarious. It cracks me up. But him and Dan Mullen can get along because Mullen's a little nerd. And, you know, he's just going to, okay, Todd. Well, he just thing, lets,
1: he's the head coach of the defense, and Mullen just runs the entire offense. Yes.
0: Um, But back to where – that's how Kentucky can be successful. And I actually am pretty confident in their offensive line. I mean, you saw some of those videos of Stenberg. Like if nobody's coming, their are bowling goes well, up.
1: Low-key, Luke Fortner has been really good to start the season. Like, real, I think he played awesome Saturday. I think he played really good against Toledo. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the weak piece coming in.
0: Highest graded offensive guard in the SEC. And
1: then Landon Young's been dominant. <laughs> yeah. You know, he hasn't – I don't think he's given up a pressure or yet. Darian Kennard, is, he gave up the sack against Toledo mm-hmm. late in the game. But other than that, he's been really good. My question for you – I don't think Drake and Logan – Stenberg. I don't even think they've played their best yet. Like they still have, I think, another level to go to. So if you can get them going, it's an offensive line that can really, 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 really dominate a game.
0: If you're Todd Grantham, who do you put Zaniga or Grenard on late inside?
1: You just uh, you move. Well, what they do, they move Zaniga inside a lot they play that 3-4. Like, he rushed on he'll some guard. He'll get in, like, the guard. Oh, like He's gonna, yeah. or three. He'll get yep. down on three. He'll rush against some guards a lot of times. But they're going to try to get Greenard on Kennard, mm-hmm. what I think, what they've seen from Landon so yeah. far.
0: Yeah, because they're scared. Right. If you're scared, go to church time. Right,
1: and they got another guy, Jeremiah Moon, who they bring in in pass rushing situations, number seven. That's a
0: great freaking name, right. Jeremiah Moon. Mm-hmm. That sounds like an SEC pass right. rusher. So, he'll be, he'll be another
1: guy in there. He'll probably be the guy that, that Landon maybe draws a lot of time. Yeah, I – Zuniga has been great, but like, I don't know. This may sound weird. If if Zuniga's in a one-on-one on a tackle on an edge rush, I like Kentucky's chances. Mm-hmm. Where where he gets you is inside motor, inside spin, just beating just beating you with hustle,
0: quick moves. Yeah. that they don't typically. That's why do he's. Inside.
1: That's why he's better. Kind of like as your inside pass rusher. Mm-hmm. Um, where Greenert is more of your outside rush type guy. But I like
0: that you call him Greenard too. Grenard. we're gonna call him Greenard. Yeah, know because Greenard. I know I've heard
1: it. I've heard Greenard, and I can't. Every time I see it, I want to say Greenard. <laughs> Greenard. Okay, Grenard
0: Bruno, we're, we're gonna call him Greenard. He can get the hell out of here, Green, because blue is better than green. Right. It's like saying X, not any good. Dead green. <laughs> I don't know about that. Hey, Isaiah Cummings, man. He just. Are you, are you going to be able to forgive him for beating your tiger? Dude, it wasn't even. The
1: what the crazy thing was, it wasn't really – I mean, Isaiah Cummings had a good game. He did his thing, mm-hmm. but it was just. Mel's defense just overwhelms St. Hey, X. It was really.
0: Ooh. Briefly, while we're talking about recruits. I know Cummings going to be there. Uh, Dick Watkins and all, a bunch of those commits mm-hmm. are going to be there Saturday. The big one. Michael to Drin- yep. be there. Wouldn't be surprised if he popped off.
1: It's, hopefully they can get him wrapped up Wouldn't soon. Wouldn't be surprised if that one popped off. He's a he's guy. A he's a freaking yeah. – he's a dude. He's a true freshman player. Yeah, he's a
0: one bowden. Right? right. Just go in and yep, you're going to play. Right. So, that's a, that's a big one to keep an eye out on this weekend. Um.
1: But my biggest key for the game on Saturday. Okay.
0: Give me th- your biggest key.
1: I think both teams are going to move the ball on offense. I think the over is going to hit again. It's at 50 and a half right now. I still think really? it's going I, to hit. Mm-hmm. I was
0: thinking it was going to be the under. And then I,
1: I have a question. Well, the reason I think you think that is because only once since Stoops been, got here. They've been all been low scoring. The only one team in regulation has gotten over 30 points. And that was Florida in the blowout in 2016, mm-hmm. 45-7. The other, only other game that reached 30 was because it went to triple overtime. Right. In 14. So They've been very close. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, average five and 5.7 points mm-hmm. has been the average margin of victory if you take out that blowout.
1: Even Kentucky running for 300 yards last year still only scored three offensive touchdowns. Right, yeah, it was 21 points mm-hmm. until that, that last play. But I, my
0: question for you, and TJ actually brought us up on the radio show today, and I kind of have this feeling too where I could see this game kind of being like the Mississippi State game last year. That's, I, I think some people were kind of in – to lean that way. Because it's strength versus strength mm-hmm. in the trenches. And then it, it was like it was really close for three quarters. And that fourth quarter, something had
1: to give. The dam broke.
0: Yeah, and, and Felipe Franks is similar in that he's not that good, but Dan Mullen really has a way of making him look good. Mm-hmm. and. I d- I just think that the straw can break the camel's back after four quarters of not being able to move the football because if they can't like they're not going to be able to run the football against Kentucky they're just not I don't I don't see us sna- if they do then the cats are in trouble because Frank's will make you pay from that like you said earlier they can hit some shots mm-hmm. but I I just can't see them being able to run the football against Kentucky's running. inside
1: defense. they haven't they've just haven't done it yet they haven't run the ball well inside so you you like Kentucky's matchup. What thing Toledo did was kind of get them with quick outside runs that they really struggled with. But Eastern, and those
0: were only early too. You know, Eastern
1: Michigan has a bad rushing offense, but those inside runs, we're starting to see Josh Paschal feast a little bit on those, yeah, which is what I thought he would do this year.
0: As stupid would say, the strength of the team needs to be the right. strength, and it's becoming though, on so, that run, run defense yeah. and having Yusuf
1: like I'm I'm excited about him. Right, and then the backers inside. You get Chris Holtz back for a full half. Yep. For a full four quarters. Right. Cash Daniel had a good game against Florida. He shoots the gaps. I think he's gonna make some plays. Ten, so in theory in theory they should be able to stop ten forcing. tackling
0: machine, Xavier Peters going to get all the tackles.
1: <laughs> but back to I uh, one thing I wanna get on. Okay. I think both teams are gonna move the ball up and down the field. You know, I don't think it's going to be like this. Like that Mississippi State game, that was a defensive stalwart because we had two of the top ten defenses in the country. Yeah. That's not soil. the same this yeah.
0: week. Who's – I cannot think of his name. Is it Kirkland, the middle linebacker for them? Earl Thompson. Er, oh, yeah, he's got the weird name, Earl.
1: Yeah, it's E-R-R-O-L-L. Yeah, I
0: always say Earl, but it's bad definitely dude. a different way to spell mm-hmm.
1: Earl. Okay. He's a bad We'll talk yeah. about him next on this week. pod next week. Yeah. yeah, But red zone efficiency. What happens when a, not just necessarily red zone? When you cross the fifty, when you get into the opponents forty, what are you doing with those chances? Whatever offense is the best at finishing drives, I think is going to have a chance to win the game. Yep. We forget in twenty seventeen, Kentucky had two fourth or two second half drives where if they just punch it in, that the game's over. That turns into a blowout. Instead, they let Florida hanging around, yep. and Florida comes back and they finish their drives. Last season, these were two of the best defenses in getting stops and scoring. Territory. Kentucky hasn't been great at it to start the season, as neither has really Florida, but they've only had one game. And they've only had four reds on trips as a defense so far. Miami scored on big plays, and they played a bad team last week. So what happens?
0: And Kentucky has not been good in those short yardage situations. Well,
1: the thing you should feel confident in is if Florida can't run the ball, it's hard to throw it when you get down there. Right. But if Kentucky can establish the run with that O-line, they should, in theory, have the upper hand. Does that come to fruition? If the the fade becomes what I think it can become, that's another weapon for Kentucky down down there, in that score in that scoring range. So and then kicker, Florida's got a great kicker. We still we're still the judgment's out on Chance Poor, and punting wise, the guy Florida's got is really damn good.
0: Is it, he's another one of those damn Townsend? Town, Tommy it, Townsend. God, that stupid family. They know how to punt right. the hell. out of. They're like the only. Great punters mm-hmm. that aren't Australian. They're right. the last of the Americans. Right.
1: So, red zone efficiency. Kentucky's not going to have a large advantage in special teams like I think they'll have in a lot of games this season. But when in the return department, Florida doesn't have really anybody that scares you. Now, uh, in the past, Freddie Swain's had some success returning punts, but nothing nothing near what Lim Bowden does. So, Lim Bowden's right. right. going to have a chance to impact the game returning-wise, but he might not get many return opportunities because they're going to kick the ball in the end zone a lot, and that punter's really good.
0: Oh, Whoopi wants to get on the podcast.
1: Whoopi's excited for Saturday.
0: Oh, she can't wait to watch the Cats beat the Gators. What could, do you have an official prediction yet, or are you still mulling it over?
1: I'm mulling. You know, we're only Wednesday. Dan mulling it over. Right now, I just look at it. Florida's had all offseason and really kind of since before Labor Day, they've been preparing for this game. Right, right. So, I think they have a but, lot going. But
0: one thing we didn't mm-hmm. mention is, A, Eddie Green threw the freaking kitchen sink. Yeah. in the film room in that first half. But at
1: the same time, I think Mullen on the other side is going to have some trick plays he's going to throw at Kentucky, yeah, too.
0: That's true. Also, they've never seen Sawyer Smith. I'm sure they're going back and looking at Troy. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. That's they what Mullen screaming.
1: said uh, at his Monday press conference. He said, um, you know, talked about Terry being out. He said, yeah, we're going to go have to find some film from Troy. He made it seem like they really haven't looked at him yet. Yeah. It happened so fast that they're not going to have to go find some film. And well,
0: yeah, and Terry's news didn't come out till Sunday night, mm-hmm. so um, that that's where Sawyer Smith is an X factor. The thing that I like about Sawyer Smith is he's confident enough that none of this will bother him. He can play aggressive, and it's no sweat yeah. off his brow. Um, Back it, to yeah, you just have to keep him in comfort. You you want to keep him in comfortable situations. And the one thing I was surprised that we didn't hear from the offense when talking about is the message that well. Terry's out, well, everybody needs to step up. The thing is, is Terry had the best supporting cast he's had in a long – like that Kentucky's been able to provide in a long uh-huh. time for a quarterback. And we mentioned in the preseason that uh, Sawyer Smith was Steven Johnson-esque and that they, they share similar physical traits. Now, mentally, obviously, Stephen, he put the team on his back. Dan Chopper one of the fastest, hardest-hidden <laughs> safeties in the league. Yeah, And – we have to see if Smith has that in him because he can throw the deep ball, he can get you runs when he needs to, um, and he's he's not afraid. Any, even more so, he has more experience than Steven did. He right. he played yeah absolutely. He won a
1: he won a bowl game and threw four touchdowns in a bowl game last year. So he played in the de facto conference championship game at App State last year. Yes. And then, but overall, like if you're uh sh- if you make a living betting sports and you live out in Vegas, you have this nice villa. You're betting on Kentucky. You weren't betting on them specifically for Terry Wilson. You're betting on them for Stoops as, you know, playing above their head, Mm -hmm. sometimes as a dog. All the time
0: as a dog. Yeah. Except when they're playing the Bulldogs.
1: They run the ball. They eat the clock. They play good defense. And they rise to the challenge in these underdog moments. So, I don't think – like, without Terry, it stinks. I think it doesn't change. But I still think Kentucky – like, you're going to get Kentucky's A game on Saturday. Mm. I really do believe that.
0: (sighs) I'm just so excited because that atmosphere is going to be absolutely electric i I'm I'm worried about you adam Luckett. I'm worried that you might <laughs> we're gonna have some fun that that that
1: there's gonna you might need to be restrained at some point in the stands. Yeah, usually uh, well usually in the first quarter first half I'll be rearing to go ref will make a call I'll get Oh, you, you riff know, it, Stinks head on. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Wait, so are, are you one of those that, like, complains the whole time? Or, is like, me, I just – it's one call Yeah, that's, that's y- so obscure, but I lose my freaking mind. It can be
1: both. I, I've gone to where it's one call or where it's, like, a multiple, like, we can't, you know. In oh, mine, it, like, upsets me to uh-huh. my core. I'm like,
0: how can you be this bad at your job? I don't care how many typos I make. They're not as bad as this. This is a incompetence. <laughs>
1: and, how can you hire him? And then – Come second half, then I'll start the – nervous will start to kick in. You'll just, just be like, real quiet. Yeah. <laughs> 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 then, oh, my, like, all my my pregame superstitions start to weigh heavily. Man, I've got
0: to figure out my – so, my uh, I have a couple of pregame superstitions in general. I can't figure out my third down one. Last year, it was just a simple all-caps toot for when they had the cold toot on the live ball. Well, the problem is I, I, I just can't – I haven't found a good groove where they're consistently getting stops on third down. So, mm-hmm. I've got to – I, I need some help on the live blog, finding a good toot, an appropriate toot, because last year's toot isn't working. Josh Allen is there to make the toot year. So, <laughs> um, I, I think it would help if for you fans to get crazy. I know it's going to be an absolutely crazy day. And, and you know what, I, 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 we mentioned earlier, the great part is is most of the other games stink. So, like, Kentucky's in the other b- bright spotlight. Uh, the players, what I think is important, too, is the last time this game happened in Kentucky uh, – I mean, just as evenly matched, if not better at that time, against a bad Jim McIlwain team. Kentucky got the monkey out their back. Yeah. that The significance of that, especially in close games, you're seeing. I think you're going to see a much more confident team than you ever saw going up against Florida before.
1: And since 2016, Mullen and Stoops have pretty much identical records. Which is pretty wild. Well I helped. tweeted yeah. out a stat earlier. Stoops has one game better than SEC play. Mullen one game better overall. And he has one, Stoops more, Stoops has top one more top 25. Sto- I think Mullen has one more top 25. Yeah, he's got five right.
0: and Stoops has four. Right.
1: So, so, they've been, you know, dead even pretty much for the, the last couple, last few years. So, it's just two – it's very – I think it's very – like I think if these teams played on a neutral site a hundred times, I think Florida would win like maybe a little over 50. I think Florida's – 52 or yeah, three. I think – I mean, that's how close I think it <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, yeah.
0: Especially with the kind of scenario. The, area, the, the
1: only yeah. reason I don't really love this game for Kentucky is because Florida has that – they're playing that revenge card. Mm-hmm. They've been pairing for this game for a long time. And, you know, like, Mullen, this is now a huge game for them, similar to why South Carolina's a huge game for Kentucky, mm-hmm. while Tennessee is a – or, like, while Kentucky's a huge game for Tennessee, while Kentucky's a huge game – for South Carolina is you cannot – for those programs to lose to them, they look at it as, a, as like an embarrassment. Right. And it gets – the coach gets a lot of pressure put on him to lose – to not lose to Kentucky. Right. So now that Kentucky has beat some of these teams recently, it's like, hey, we can't lose to them. So they're – I think they're extremely motivated. And I just think not having Wilson, I think there's some, some cards that they're not going to be able to play on Saturday that they planned on playing. Yeah. So, and it's, it's, asking, sucks. it's asking a lot of, you know, Sawyer-Smith, mm-hmm. too. So, I see a very close one-possession game. I think it comes down to the fourth quarter. It's just what team can get that big turnover or make that big touchdown drive late. Like. And right now I'm leaning Florida, but the more the week goes on, though. Oh, yeah. You know, you're just, you're, we're by the time I come on like KRC it. on Friday, I might have a different pick. But. Which, by the way, you're going to have to come on a little earlier because
0: we got uh, the Q Billing. Oh yeah. Yeah, Coke. Does he still have yeah, the you got Big League in me over there? Yeah, we're big league, <laughs> man. The SEC network, dude. We got to Is does he still do the Rubik's Cube?
1: I don't. Well, he uh I, I haven't listened to his radio show. They used to do like a podcast and I would listen to it during the season, but I haven't really looked he at ha- it yet. He
0: had this a like, computer thing they Yeah, the Rubik's Cube. It was mm-hmm. pretty spot on. Yeah. Pretty pretty spot on. You'll have to ask him on there. I will. I will have to ask him. Um but before we go, we got a game time for next week. Adam Lockett. 4 p.m. And it's perfect. You know why? Bourbon and beyond. Oh, yeah. That night, going to get to, after the Cats beat the Bulldogs down in Starkville for like the first time in, since like 2010, I think. It's been a long time since Kentucky's won. The, I mean, Sylvester Croom, I think, was the coach the last time they won Starkville. Kentucky's going to get the win, and we're going to get to celebrate by watching Robert Plant, Hall Notes, Oates. And one of you all out there is going to get to listen to them, too. I've got a pair of weekend passes. So that means Friday night we can go see Joan Jett, uh, Nathaniel Ratliff and the Night Sweats. Uh, then, like I said, John or John Fogerty might be Sunday. The the lineup is absolutely insane, folks, and you need to be there. And to be there, it's pretty simple. So I need you to subscribe to Eleven Personnel. And if you're listening to uh, also, just I would like I'm going to make this PSA again, like in written form. But to all the people who. Are subscribed to Kentucky Sports Radio podcast? Please, please, please subscribe to all the individual feeds. A two of them are getting taken off. That I don't. They got to get that. They, they got to learn to run on their own. But it just helps us if you subscribe to each of them. Yes, please feed. subscribe, rate, so, review, blue yes. chips only. Well, and that's how you're going to win these tickets. You're going to leave a rating and a review, and just put your email address in there. I'm going to pick somebody at random to win weekend passes in Bourbon and Beyond. It, it's, it doesn't get much easier than that. The deal is fantastic. The music is going to be great at the Highland Festival Grounds. Have you seen the setup already, Luckett? I have not. they have heard good things, though. They're, I, they've got the stages coming to life because Hometown Risings this week. They're breaking it in for us. The country folk... Are breaking it in for us before Bourbon and Beyond really gets rolling next weekend. Hopefully,
1: it'll be a little cooler. You, you know next week. I, you know. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. You know, what I found out, too. That's a bummer. Tiffany Amber Thiessen is going to be doing a cooking uh, uh, exhibition. Kelly Kapowski. Kelly Kapowski, but she's doing it during the Mississippi State game. Oh, that's a no-no. Yeah, that's 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 a real kick in the teeth. But that's the kind of star power that we're going to have at Bourbon and Beyond.
1: And and we got. You've got that this next week. This week, SEC Nation.
0: Oh yeah, SEC Nation. They're going to be eleven a.m. I haven't seen their spot yet. Have you seen the spot? No,
1: I haven't heard where they're going to do it yet. Yeah, but, but you got Fine Bomb Friday.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Fine Bomb Friday, and also KSR pregame show. Nick Roush is going to be on there with Stephen Johnson, Matt Jones, and Drew Franklin. It's going to be a party at KSR. Really.
1: What time is that starting? Three. Four they, hour, should be, four kickoff. they should be nice and oiled up over
0: there about 3 o'clock. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm really hoping we have Cavasier specials by then because smoke's going to go wrong, well, folks. You can Just, find, you you can find me in the right red light. Oh, you be holding it down. Red lot. It's right on the corner. That's the KRC unofficial uh, Toby uh, spot. Right, right by gate 4. Uh, man, it is going to be so much fun. I'm so excited for Saturday. But do us a favor. Leave your email in a review. Subscribe, rate, and review. You'll win some Bourbon & Beyond tickets. It'll be a great way to celebrate a victory over the Florida Gators and the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Let's have some fun on Saturday. Oh, man. Go Cats. Go Kroger!